Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And now, direct from Las Vegas... Welcome to Football Forecast Weekly. Each week, your host, Trip Mitchell, will introduce you to the top handicapper in Vegas, Dennis Tobler, and one of the top sportscasters in the U.S., Fred Wallen. Today's edition of Football Forecast Weekly is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. For the best in sports betting, go to MyBookie.ag. And you can win just like Dennis, Fred, and me. Welcome to a very special Football Forecast Weekly. This is our bowl edition. And along with our whole team here, Lee spinning the dials, Fred and and Dennis down in Vegas, we want to thank everyone involved for making this season happen, happen. And we want to wish you and yours a very, very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. And to do that, we were going to send it right away to the festive one. That would be Dennis Tobler. Dennis, look at that background. Yeah, beautiful, huh? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone. As executive producer of Football Forecast Weekly, I have a few statements and comments I'd like to make and a few thank yous to throw out there. First of all, I'd like to thank H. Lee Spencer for the tremendous job of production and distribution he does every week on our programs. Then I would like to thank you, Trip Mitchell. You are much better than Joe Rogan as a podcast host, and you even have credibility as a gentleman. So thank you very much. And many thanks to Fred Wallen, too, the big star from the West Coast. I couldn't have done this show without him. We couldn't have the information. I also want to thank everyone. Everybody that carried us on their platforms this year, the Revolver Podcast, and especially a, a shout out to David Brunner at dbnatelevision.tv. David's going to be taking DBNA to the public next year live, and we at Gambling Broadcast and the TSI Network could not be happier about it. We've been in negotiating talks with David recently, and we hope to provide all of our shows, Thoroughbred Racing Forecast, Bookie Buster, Football Forecast Weekly, and many more as we go into the 2022 season. So thank you very much to everyone who's made this show work this year. And I sure hope everybody's made money because we certainly have. Okay, well, let's get to, and first of all, so we are going to handicap in the first, in the A block, as we say in the TV business, the game's on the 31st. And I want to be a little nostalgic, Dennis and Fred. Do you remember in the old days when, there were four bowl games that mattered on New Year's. Don't those seem like the good old days? <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. And it's kind of like getting back to the uh, playoffs here. You know, you got the final four and then a championship. So we're getting a little bit back to that area. But yeah, I remember those days. And Fred? Now there's 43. So <laughs> they, they don't mean as much because there's so many of them. It's just almost insane. I mean, I don't, you know, obviously the Fiesta Bowl made it five or six, you know, when we were growing up and 
that was fine. 43, there's only 130 schools playing division one football. So basically it's almost two out of three, like 65% of the teams make it. And now with the COVID, you got teams even under 500 who are gonna be allowed in as Texas A&M is bowed out and Rutgers is now in, I guess. So my point is the whole thing is insane. Thanks for doing the math for me, Fred, because I was trying to figure out with 43 bowl games times two, how many teams that would be. And I, I was I was just about to get to that number and you said 65%. So that means I don't have to do the math. I am so much happier with that. And Fred, uh, do they have, uh, are you up at the Arctic Bowl on location for us? What are you dressed like that? Well, A, it, a it's uh, freezing and for Southern California, it's like 40 degrees, 45 degrees. But the point is my wife, Sandy and myself hate the heater. We both get sick if we turn the heater on. So we're not putting the heater on and our little doggy doesn't care, or Darcy, because of course he's got fur. We don't have fur. So we got to cover ourselves up here in uh, Southern California and it's uh, pouring as we speak and it's supposed to be pouring for the next four days. So uh, let's get going. Okay, and uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm in the, we're at the beach for um, Christmas. We're at her parents' house in St. Louis where it's gonna be 70 tomorrow. And we have got flag football game scheduled for the afternoon and a little two on two basketball for noon tomorrow. So over New Year's, let's start out with Washington State, a team that has an insane year versus Miami. I've got Washington State plus two and uh, 60 and a half. Dennis? Well, the line moved to minus one, uh, closer to bowl game time now uh, on Washington State. So we have a different favorite in this game. Uh, we're not going to get any information on COVID from these bowl games in time to make any decisions. So you're just going to have to play it by ear. I like the line move from uh, Miami favored by two to Washington State favored by one. I think Washington State's going to kill them in this game. They can pass the ball. The total's 59. So look for a lot of points to be scored. But I think Washington State will get the last score and win the game. Right. I don't think it'd be that close to tell you the truth. Uh, Miami's in there because they have the name Miami, uh, not because uh, they're a dominant team. Washington State, since the uh, firing of Rolovich or the quitting of Rolovich, the firing of Rolovich uh, over the, the COVID uh, scenario um, I, and not taking the vaccination, I, I think it's played better. They're going to score points at will. And I think the over is a good play. And I think Washington State's a good play. So think my parlay to uh, the over 59, uh, over the 59 and a half to uh, Washington State minus one. I think you got to win. Okay. And let's go to the next one. And you know, what's great, Fred, is when you have a bowl game with traditional football powerhouses involved, our next game, or when you think college football, you think Central Michigan University, don't you? First thing that flashes is uh, Central Michigan. Yeah, no question. It, it, you know, it located in the same state with those uh, rising powers, Michigan and Michigan State, but they're going up against Boise State, and I've got them getting eight uh, with a 55 total. Well, Boise State's going to win the game. They played better the second half of the season. It's not the normal Boise State club. Normal Boise State club will win 10, 11, or 12, but uh, it's a team certainly good enough to beat to Central Michigan, so... Um, you want to bet the money line, uh, whatever the case might be, uh, the Boise State Broncos will win this game. Dennis? 
Well, I think we ought to mention, too, where these games are played at, because sometimes that will make a difference. This one's the Arizona Bowl, played in Tempe, Arizona. So I figure that Boise will bring quite a crowd down to the game, and they usually are a good team that follows their home team. Hard for Central Michigan to get to Arizona in the middle of the winter, but maybe <laughs> they will. I don't know. Uh, I like I like Boise State here. The line seven now. Uh, the line opened at ten and a half on Boise, so they were getting too much credit. As as Fred stated, they have gotten credit all year for being a team that's not quite the caliber they have been in the past. And the seven and a half points in this game is just maybe too many. I mean, Central Michigan can play a little defense. Boise's not what they used to be. However, the total went from 53 to 55 and a half. And I might just mention right here and now, most all of these bowl games, except for the championship games, are probably going to go flying over the total. So we don't need to say too much about that. There's not going to be much defense played. I'm going to take Central Michigan on a flyer in this one, take the seven and a half. Okay, so let's go to a game where I sent out a text earlier in the day, and I am thinking that Cincinnati versus Alabama, at Cincinnati is going to lose so bad that they're going to close the university, refund everyone their tuition, fire the tenured professors, and get rid of the janitor. However, that's why we have experts on the show. So number four, Cincinnati at Alabama, the number one seed. This game will be on Chris or New Year's Eve at 3 30 p.m. Cincinnati plus 13 total of 58. Dennis. You know, it's at the Cotton Bowl in Texas. Uh, Alabama's been 13, 13 and a half point favorites all along here. Total of 58. I don't think Alabama's going to cover. I mean, uh, I hate to bust your bubble there, and I'm pretty sure the people in Cincinnati are very happy with you. But uh, <laughs> I think Cincinnati plays a tough enough defense they can shut down Alabama. I think Cincinnati's been overlooked all year long, to be honest with you. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I'm sure glad they got in the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a close game down to the wire. I'm going to take Cincinnati plus the 13 and a half here. Okay, and Fred? Well, Alabama had to be sky high in the victory over Georgia. They can't possibly be as high against Cincinnati, a team that they're supposed to win by two touchdowns. I agree with Dennis. I, I think I'll take the two touchdowns, take uh, the Bearcats, and uh, we'll see what goes. And, and again, if you take a look at Alabama's defense, okay, they played good defense against Georgia, no question. The week before, they gave up 35 points to Arkansas. It's not like Cincinnati can't score. They can. So I'll take the two touchdowns, 13 and a half anyways, and, and Cincinnati in this one. Okay, and uh, let's take a look at the other 70 semi-final game this is at the orange bowl and uh, again not to sound nostalgic but when there were the four games and you were on new year's night at the orange bowl and it was 80 degrees and sunny this made a kid from the midwest very very envious of the folks down there and so we've got georgia going against michigan uh, harbaugh was going to be fired last year this year he's the coach of the year can he pull off a miracle He's getting nine and 44 and a hook, the total. Fred? Okay. Um, Michigan bested Ohio State, bested, destroyed Iowa, should have beaten Michigan State every stat when the Wolverine side. However, I'm putting my hands up here. All my relatives are in Michigan, and two-thirds of them are Wolverines. The other third would be Spartans. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, George is going to win this game. 
Now, are they going to win by nine? I don't know, but they're going to win this game. Arbaugh, I think, has proven historically that he's not a great coach. He got it done this year, <laughs> first time he's ever. First, you know, you can't judge anything the best or the worst that you play. Out of nine times, uh, the first time in nine years that Michigan has beaten Ohio mm-hmm. State, first time Harbaugh uh, beat Ohio State. It's not as if he's a genius coach. So I'm going to take uh, Georgia. I'm not saying Kirby Smart is that smart either. I think Georgia, you can't judge him off the bad game against Alabama. Judge him on the first 11. So I, I think Georgia's going to win. Will they cover that nine's pretty heavy. But, uh, but I think Georgia will win. seven and a half, Fred? Down, the to, seven down to seven and a half now. Well, then, then maybe I'll lean toward Georgia and the points. I mean, and giving up the seven and a half. I think the Bulldogs will win this one. Okay, and Dennis, let me ask you a quick question. Fred obviously has tons of relatives in Michigan. Two-thirds are Ann Arbor fans. Uh, One-third are fans of Michigan State. Does he have any Central Michigan fans who are uh, family and friends from Mount Pleasant, (laughs) Michigan? No, he's in North and South Michigan, not Central Michigan. Okay. (laughs) He needs to get better family and friends as far as I'm concerned. Okay, with the line down. Down to seven. Dennis, what do you think? Uh, back to the uh, the uh, old nostalgic views. The Orange Bowl used to be the last bowl game of oh. the season at night, you know, and they had the parade and everything. Those were the days. I agree with you. Maybe we are getting old and showing our old, but for championship games to be in the midst of these other junky games is kind of crazy to me, too. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I like Georgia here. Michigan uh, shot their wad. I think um, they'll play tough. They'll play hard. It'll be a low scoring game and Georgia will come out on top. I look for it to be somewhere like uh, 24 to 10. Okay. So we like uh, two of you guys like Georgia in a repeat against Alabama for the national championship. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. In the meantime, we're going to take a short break. And again, want to thank the folks at my bookie for making uh, us uh, this show possible. And as Dennis said earlier, Lee Spencer doing a great job putting the show together each and every week. Thanks to Lee. We, uh, and, you know, obviously it's a lot of fun for all of us. It's our favorite hour of the week. And we'll be right back after this short break. Get the latest breaking news in the sports betting world. My bookie monitors and releases information pertaining to online sports books and professional football. The good as well as the bad. And speaking of holidays, the non-Grinch, Dennis Tobler, has a free giveaway of one of the best documentary documentary movies you're ever going to see. Dennis, go ahead. Well, all year long we've been promoting Now Place Your Bets, the history of sports betting in America. And now I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to see the show. Okay? For the first three people that email me at winner at footballforecast.com, that's winner at footballforecast.com. I will send you the DVD, the original DVD with the stamps from winning the, the uh, film festivals. And I'll even get Pete Rose and myself to sign it. So we have three that we'll give away to the first three people contacting me at winner at footballforecast.com. Good luck, everybody. Well, that is a very nice offer. And uh, uh, Fred, do you think you and I can get in on that and get a free copy? I would love it, but I already have a free copy. Okay. okay. No family and friends. I should mention that. And no DBNA personality either. 
How about no one from Mount Pleasant, Michigan either? Okay. That I was actually recruited to Central Michigan University, but um, unfortunately, I didn't make the make it uh, there. So let's go to the Outback Bowl, one of the non-traditional bowls. Least is played in the South, Tampa, Florida, Penn State versus Arkansas, and Penn State coming into the game a two and a half point is what I have. Dennis, you've got the most current and forty-seven the total. Dennis, what do you show on that one? Well, Penn State uh, laid around as a two and a half point favorite most of the time until we got close to game time. Game's now a pick. All the money's coming in on Arkansas in this matchup. Total started at 45 and a half. It's 48 and a half. Once again, I'll say play the overs in these bowl games. They're going to pull out all the stops. Uh, I like Arkansas too. Penn State's slow. Arkansas's fast. Penn State plays in the Big Ten. Couldn't muster, cut the muster there. Arkansas won some big games this year. The bottom line is Arkansas is faster, plays in a tougher league, and they will win the game straight up. I'm taking Arkansas. And Fred? I agree with Dennis. Arkansas ended the season losing 42-35 to Alabama, but they were right in there to the, to the very end. Then they come back and double off Missouri at 34-17. They're in a tougher conference. Penn State, the second half of the season, did not play well at all. Uh, Sam Higgins is a coach. He's got a lot to prove because it took him a long time to get a job uh, like he's got now with the Razorbacks. So I think Arkansas will win straight up. And uh, I think you just judge it by how he ended the season. And uh, Penn State did not end the season well at all. So I'll go with the Razorbacks. Okay, and let's go to the Fiesta Bowl, which, as we mentioned earlier in the show, was the fifth bowl. No one minded it because you love going down to Arizona. And uh, when the game was played at Tempe, I remember my buddies went down to see a national championship game in Nebraska against someone, and they couldn't get a beer. We went down a couple weeks later for the Super Bowl, and they had beer service in our seats. How about <laughs> that for a difference between NCAA and uh, the NFL? We've got Oklahoma State plus two, Notre Dame. This is actually a great game, probably the best game outside the uh, two big games. Uh, Fred, what are your thoughts? And, and I'll add a thought here real quick. All right. First of all, as you know, I can't stand Brian Kelly. He's gone. That was my thought. <laughs> the, 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 a lot of the players are on my side. They can't stand or couldn't stand Brian Kelly. I got a hunch they're going to play very, very hard here to show up Brian Kelly, who's now <laughs> at LSU, of course. So I think the Irish will prove too strong for Oklahoma State in this one. Okay, or Oklahoma State, also known as T. Boone State. <laughs> T. Boone Pickens only gave them, I think, between 100 and 200 million, and it could be more than that. So, uh, okay. He's, and he's got all those ugly orange buildings down there, too. Yeah, he, he was, he was not IM pay. He, he was good at drilling and maybe sideways drilling. Who knows? Well, I think I might go against Fred's hunch on this game. I mean, the, the games we seem to be agreeing on, we have pretty good feeling on and seem to agree on this one. Here's a toss up. First, I'm going to say that. Uh, Notre Dame's a one-point favorite. They opened at two and a half, dropped to one. I like Oklahoma State here. I think they have a better team. They surprised me all year. And the last game of the year, they really surprised me. So I, I think, I think Notre Dame may be a little deflated because they did not get 
to the playoffs and they did not get to keep their coach around. And I think things might be a little flux there at Notre Dame. So we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going to take Oklahoma state plus the one. All I know is that Notre Dame under Kelly's coaching um, tenure, that would be a better word. When they got to the final four, they were horrible each and every time. So, um, Nice to see him gone because, you know, it just, it didn't do much for their program. They get to the top four and then lay an egg each and every time. Well, they, they used to have a master. They used to have it mastered because they get NBC television coverage each and every week for not being in a conference. So they had it made for what the last 20 years or more on this yep. and they've been able to recruit and they failed to enter any conference scheduling. And now with the way the, the, uh, championships are decided you better have a conference championship playoff game or you're not going to be able to win a national championship that being said Notre Dame does not recruit like it used to they're just not that good a team they're not a top 10 team I don't believe yeah and they do have a scheduling situation kind of a hybrid with the ACC but yeah easy scheduling always yeah if you've got Navy on your schedule each year that doesn't hurt and let's go to the Verb VRBO Citrus Bowl in Orlando, and we've got number 15 Iowa versus number 22 Kentucky, and Iowa getting two and a half, 44 the total. Dennis, what do you show as of right now? Well, um, uh, Iowa opened a point and a half favorite, and uh, Kentucky quickly moved to two point favorite, and now they're favored by three, and I have no idea why. <laughs> I mean, I do. I don't. I mean, Iowa has a tough defense and they need to make a win here because they dropped the ball and their big playoff chances earlier in the season, earlier this season. So, so they have to come back here. Um, I just, I can't believe Kentucky's favorite. Okay. I can't. And I'm going to play Iowa on the money line. If that tells anybody anything, the total here is irrelevant. It'll just be a, a slow down run game like Iowa always plays, but I don't think Kentucky's faster or stronger or, or has a better coach or anything in this situation or personnel. So I'm going to take Iowa. I think I'm getting a bargain at plus three. I'll probably get plus 140 on the money line. Okay. And Fred. Dennis, uh, where were you born? Nebraska. Oh, I thought it was Iowa. Um, uh, uh, I thought that was why Same difference. I thought I thought you had this. That's why the slight lean uh, toward uh, the Hawkeyes. Uh, I have no strong opinion on this one, one way or the other. I will tell you this: Kentucky's made a bowl game now two years in a row, and so it's no longer just a basketball school. You got to give them credit for that, as you indicated. Uh, Iowa got creamed by uh, uh, Michigan, forty-one to three, in the uh, Big Ten championship game. So they're, they're going to be. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to be. Are they going to be up or are they going to be deflated? I don't know. So I'm going to pass on the game, but I'd like to say something here. Just like uh, in Football Forecast Weekly, when we talk the National Football League, folks out there, Dennis is giving his opinion. I'm giving mine. Things could change because of COVID. Uh, and, we, and things could also change because another player could opt out because his agent told him, I don't, I don't think he should play because I think you'll get more money uh, in the National Football League by passing on the bowl game. So when we do this show, we're doing it far in advance of when the kickoff begins. So just remember that as, as you're listening and, and viewing this show, because uh, it's very important. If they lose a quarterback or they lose a tailback, uh, the whole thing could turn around. 
Well, yeah, and, I'm glad and, you mentioned that disclaimer. We needed to make that disclaimer probably at the beginning of the show too, because you're absolutely right on that, Fred. And we have no control over that. We're just we're you, the viewers of the show, can take it upon themselves to look at the last lines. If there's a difference, then you have to find out why. Well, and you know, I'm still of a, a feeling that team for players to opt out of a bowl game, even if it's a non-important bowl game to me is just it that would be a red flag if I was an NFL general manager. There I would really me think too. There would me too. They're leaving their team behind, they're leaving their obligations behind. They're putting their team in a tough spot to make up for them. And these guys that drop out because they want to go play pro ball tells me maybe they just want their first signing bonus and that's it. Yeah, I I, I don't you know it's just it's a red flag. Fred, how do you feel about it? I think the first one I remember is Christian McCaffrey at Stanford. Uh, he, he opted out uh, after the regular season. I got to, I was disappointed in that, but it's no different than a coach opting out. I mean, it's the same thing. You can't stop them. In both cases, they're forgetting the teammates. The coach's case, all year long, he's been saying, think of team, 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 team. Don't think of yourself. And then he jumps to LSU or somewhere else. So the bottom line is coaches do it. Players do it. Dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. And then that's what we're talking about in, in 2021. And it's too bad, but that's what it has become. And the other night I opted to play, even though I've been on injured reserve due to a double hernia surgery, I went out and skated the other night and with 30 seconds gone in the game, the other team took a slap shot. It went off my stick and scored and we were down one nothing and my team wanted me to opt out. But there it is, <laughs> you know, it's just being part of the team, you know, you should do it. So let's go to the Rose Bowl. They used to say it was a granddaddy of them all back in the 20s and 30s. Uh, we've got, Ohio, excuse me, we've got uh, a game, Ohio State coming in number six and number 11, Utah, Ohio State minus six and a half, 66 the total. Fred, you're the dean of the West Coast. Is Utah a good representative of the Pac-12? Well, yeah, yay and nay. The, the, the Pac-12 stinks. Uh, okay. Washington State will win its bowl game, but Utah ended the season better than the 11th or 12th team in, in America. They beat Oregon twice. Neither game was close. So, and Ohio State, of course, uh, lost the game to Michigan. So, bottom line, I think Utah will impress uh, the people around America, and they'll think that the Pac-12 is better than it is. I think Utah is so far in front right now, the rest of the Pac-12 – you can't even figure it out. I, I think the youths will win. And I love saying youths, like Fred Gwynn in uh, the movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time with uh, Joe Pesci. But anyways, uh, 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 the youths. Uh, uh, no, youth. Um, uh, I, I like the youths. I like the youths in this one. My cousin, Trish, Benny. Trish, I want, you to fin I want you to give us your opinion of this game. I think um, Utah has... Three loss team, one of them to San Diego State, another loss to BYU, who uh, I, I really see OSU. I, I think the Pac-12 is so down this year. Utah always does a good job. Kyle Winningham is a great coach, does very well with Poly Polynesian players, island players. But uh, I see o Ohio State in this one going away. Ah, Dennis? Okay. Well, I'm going to side with Tripp on this one. I think the Pac-12 this year, too, was uh, 
just scattered mess. And uh, uh, Oregon beating Ohio State early in the season kind of contributes to this line because I think the line on this game should have been 12 and a half or 13 on Ohio State. So I'm definitely behind you, Trip. I don't care about the Utes and I don't care about the Pac-12 because I think Ohio State, and get this, we're going to ask each of us for our best bet during the bowl season. My best bet will be Ohio State. Okay. And let's go to the All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, or New Orleans, as they say properly. Number seven, Baylor versus number eight, Ole Miss. And that game, I have even, but Dennis, I bet you have the better number than I do. No, I think it is going to be a pick trip. I mean, both teams have been favored by one off and on. Uh, when one team gets favored, they take money to the other side, and it's landed on a pick most of the time. So this is another tough, tough pick game. Some of the money's come toward Mississippi in this one. The game's in New Orleans. I'm figuring, you know, both teams are going to have a lot of crowd at this game because both teams travel well at this one. Um, I hesitate to make a play on this. I just think that Baylor might be bigger. It might be better because I think they're faster. Ole Miss, they played pretty well this year, but they lost a couple of games that I thought they should have won. I'm going to take Baylor here. In these kind of games, I like the teams that can be get out on the edge, can score the points, and are faster than the other teams. The big, slow teams usually don't do well in bowl games. I'm going to take Baylor hesitantly here, and I'll listen close to what Fred says. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I, I will say this. Lane Kiffin can coach. He might not be a great human being, but he can coach. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I follow yeah. him pretty closely from USC onward. And, you know, uh, he's not a great guy. I mean, you know, he's said things and done things that make you wonder, but uh, he's a real good coach. And so... I can't. I have to pass that. Dennis made a you know very valid point. Baylor obviously uh, uh, you know is probably bigger and, and maybe faster. Although Mississippi's better than you think. Uh, so I'm going to pass on this game and uh, enjoy watching it. I think uh, points will be scored because you cannot uh, stop a Kiffin offense. So I think what's the Dennis? What's the total on this one? Total's 55. It's been sitting at 55. That's pretty uh, good. I think it'll go over too. I think they'll get to 60. Yeah, you I know, think uh, it might go over because Kiffin's hard to stop, and I don't think uh, Mississippi can stop Baylor. So uh, it may go in, in the 60s or 70s. And right. what do you think the odds are, guys, that Urban Meyer will be coaching in the SEC next after next season? Boy, I'm not going to give you odds on that. Urban Meyer's got a lot of things to clean up before somebody hires him. But you know what? In the SEC, think of the quality coaches. You've got Lane Kiffin. You've got What's his name from Washington State at uh, Mississippi State? You've got pretty much everywhere you go in the SEC, you've got some great, great coaches. Someone, I think, is going to take a chance on Urban Meyer because all he's done is win. Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. He did, obviously, the situation down in Jacksonville was terrible. But my sense is someone's going to take a chance on him because in the SEC, you got to win. Well, everybody gets a second chance. They always get a second chance. There's guys coaching in Division Three now that used to be in Division One. You know, somebody will give him a chance. I think it'll be a low-ranked team in the Southeast Conference if it does come. It won't be any of the major oh, powers. No, no. Well, no, no powerhouse is going to fire team. him. 
Yeah. You know, he's going to have to build a team. He's not going to inherit one, I don't believe. So, and hopefully Fred, not. what's your thought there? I don't think it'd be right away. You know, when you find out you kick a, a kicker Lambo, uh, you're not going to get a job right away. The alumni will go nuts at almost any school. Uh, two, three, four years from now, perhaps. But his ego is so big. Dennis, will he take a low-level SEC job or a low-level? That's, a, that's think, another I, thing, I don't too. think so either. Yeah, that's another thing, too. I don't think so. I think he wants the uh, – I think he wanted the freedom that the NFL would have given him, but he didn't know what to do with it when he had the freedom. <laughs> he just berated his team and belittled them by his actions. So, you know, I, I don't know about Urban Meyer. He has some kind of mental – problems you know we've all heard that that's why he went from florida to ohio state he, you know stress and anxiety kind of the same shit i suffer from you know <laughs> I, I was just about to say that you know when we turn off the cameras dennis berates fred and i for our performance fred it's getting a little old isn't it <laughs> i'm pretty old so i can handle it <laughs> well so anyway fred, yeah i don't know i don't i don't see i don't care really what happens to urban meyer okay well let's go to the you know one of the great names in all of bowls the tax stat tax act texas bowl in houston lsu um getting a point against uh kansas state wow um LSU has fallen, but they hired a Kelly. So we'll see what's happened. Dennis? Big changes here. Uh, first of all, this game's January 4th. Okay, everybody? It'll be after the Sunday and Monday NFL games, and it's going to be January 4th. And then one, when we come back from our next break, well, we will have uh, uh, our selections for the national championship game. So this game will go on Tuesday, January 4th. LSU opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And immediately everybody jumped on it, including myself. And Kansas State jumped, went to a one-point favorite, opposite team favorite. And now Kansas State's up to three and a half. Uh, Ed Orgerton, or whatever his name was, that coached down there in New Orleans at LSU, he didn't cut the mustard down there. And I don't think his boys are going to come and play this week. Okay, I think Kansas State's going to roll over LSU, and I'd lay those points in a half a second. Okay, and Fred, can't disagree. LSU's in a mess. Uh, some of the guys have already transferred out when Kelly came in. Now he's not going to be coaching this one, but still, I, I, I think LSU's in a mess. I'll take the Wildcats of Kansas State. Okay, and we'll take our final break of our college football special. We'll be right back. This is a review of Dennis Tobler's Now Place Your Bets by Canada Real Casino Online Service. Now Place Your Bets is a must-watch documentary for anyone interested in the world of casino and online sports betting. It is a chronicle of the dramatic rise in popularity of sports betting in the cities of Las Vegas and Atlantic City. It has now become a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. Welcome back to a very special football forecast weekly, our college divisions. And, and uh, so what we're going to do is we talk about the semifinal games without the points, who are, who's going to win. And then we'll talk about the championship game. I'm going to give my pick first and I'm going to go with both favorites. I think both Alabama and Georgia are going to get by Michigan and Cincinnati. I don't think it, those, either of those games are going to be close. And um, in the championship, 
I am going to say the smart coach is going to win and see Georgia revenge that uh, loss in the SEC championship game and the Bulldogs win the national championship. But the guy who's got the better Christmas decorations is the one I want to hear from right now, Dennis Dover. <laughs> yeah, I do have the nice room. I want to say this. This is the sitting room outside of my office that we call Bet Central. So we have a nice lifestyle here in Las Vegas. Now, what was the question, Trip? Uh, who is going to win in the semifinal games and who is going to be the national champion? I'm going to agree with you, buddy. The uh, two favorites are just too strong. I like the underdogs maybe when you take the points in their first round games, but it's going to be Georgia and Alabama the third time they'll play this year. And uh, I suspect the spread's going to be pretty tight in, in that matchup. Alabama did put them away pretty good in the Southeast Conference game, but I'm with you, Trip. I think uh, Georgia's going to come back and get their revenge in this one. I'm going to take Georgia to win the national championship this year. Okay, and Fred? All three of us uh, thinking the same here. Um, you got to remember that you take the whole season, Georgia's a better team than Alabama. Uh, uh, they beat them, and then, of course, they lost in the, in the championship game. But if you go from game one through game 11, there's no comparison in the two clubs and certainly not on the defensive side. Georgia's got a better defense. So I'll take Kirby smart to outsmart Saban and I'll take Georgia over Alabama. And if you had, if you were betting at home that two of us would use the smart reference, you would have been the winner. You would have been right on. You would well, have been smart. You would have been smart. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's always fun to see Saban lose it. I, I think, you know, he's one of those guys who just wins too much. But uh, speaking of winner, Dennis, thanks so much for doing the special football forecast on the college side. What do we have in the future? Well, I want to I want to remind everybody that next year we're going to be doing our full slate of games, COVID or no COVID. OK, full slate of TSI Network television shows involving gambling. And we will start as we normally do early in April with our Thoroughbred Racing Forecast Series again. We hope to have Mark Klein on board and hopefully we can get some input from Fred Wallen this year on our football shows, our Thoroughbred Forecast shows. I have a little, my little toy here to uh, announce it, but I wanna make it work so it sounds good. Okay, These, this is what is coming next year. Thoroughbred Racing Forecast. Hey, Fred, I think our raise was just spent on special effects. <laughs> well, Dennis tried that hard. That cost though. money, buddy. That costs money there. Next year, we're going to be on DBNA television live all over the country with Thoroughbred Racing Forecast, Bookie Buster, Football Forecast Weekly. I want everybody to watch DBNA at 10 p.m. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, each week to see our shows. If you see these gambling shows, you're going to make money doing it. So make sure you tune in each 10 p.m. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights for the gambling broadcast portion of the DBNA television network. And in this 2022, I look for us to have Maybe 30 TV shows during the course of the year trip. So maybe next year we can all make a little money. 
Okay. Well, if you've been uh, covering our picks, then you have been throughout the year. Want to thank everyone involved. Are we going to do anything for the Super Bowl, Dennis? That's the question. Yes, we will have our Super Bowl special coming up at the end of January. And uh, let me add one quick point here. The reason we're not going to do the last two weeks of the NFL football is because there's going to be change of dates, which eliminates your wager. There's going to be point spread changes. There's going to be opt-outs and there may even be forfeits the final week of the year. So if you're playing the NFL, you better look towards the bowl games if you want some accurate information, because I think the bowl games will play out according to Hoyle. Okay. That's my best well, advice. Okay, we want to thank everyone involved, especially Lee Spencer for making it happen. For Dennis Tobler and Fred Wallen, I'm Trip Mitchell saying thanks for watching, and we'll see you for the Super Bowl. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Football Forecast Weekly, an affiliate of TSI Network. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.